Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love Talk Radio.
your feet is where I wanna be. I'm home when I am here with you. Ruined by your grace and never by your gaze. I can't resist the tenderness of you.
Praise God. Welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. I'll be your host tonight. You know, we just wanted to have kind of an extended worship session, if you will. You know, I've been going back and forth with a few of you guys in the chat uh, room. But, you know, we love to worship here. We love to worship God. A lot of people wonder why we play so many songs. Uh, as opposed to a lot of the other blog talk radio shows. You know, why do we have so much worship, so much music? The whole deal is, the only reason we're doing this, Sean and I, and of course anybody else that gets on the platform or prays with us for us, joins in, you know, the chat room, whatever the case is, the only reason we're doing this, the only reason we put together uh, this radio program, this broadcast, is to be a praise and a glory and an honor to Jesus Christ. 
It's not to promote our ministry. It's not so that we can teach a good uh, sermon, teach a good teaching. You know, I love to share the Word of God with people. I love to have the opportunity to build people up and encourage them, strengthen them, you know, feed them spiritually, so to speak. It's an honor and a privilege. I really I take it that way. I really feel like it's an honor and it's a privilege to have the opportunity to share the Word of God with people. But the reason we're doing this is for Him. It's for God. It's so that two hours a night, no matter what else is going on in the world, the Lord knows that He has a place in our hearts from 10 to midnight every night of the week that there's a place on Blog Talk Radio, there's a place on the Internet, there's a place where his people are gathering that are making time, taking time for him to come and dwell there, for him to come and rest. You know, I personally enjoy going to church services sometimes. Not all the time. Now, that might sound funny to some of you because I'm actually a pastor. Okay, but sometimes church can become mundane, run-of-the-mill, traditional. You know, uh, sometimes no matter where you are or what you're doing, uh, you can get stuck in the same old, same old. And unfortunately... You meet a lot of people in church, you meet a lot of people in religious circles that can say the right thing and talk the talk and say amen and hallelujah at the right time. But when you get around them, when you get to know them, when you spend time with them, you realize that their hearts are not really for the Lord. You know, bottom line is we're all human. You know, we all have our issues. We all have our situations and circumstances, our problems, our shortcomings. You know, but God's looking for hearts. He's looking for a people. He's looking for a generation. He's looking for a group of people. He's looking for an individual. Whoever will, whosoever will, he's looking. God is looking for hearts that are fully his, people who are intimately passionately pursuing the purposes of God. Not just to do a deal, not just to, you know, go to a meeting, not just to have a radio show, not just to have a TV show, not just to have a Bible study. Look, he's he's more than a Bible study. He's more than a worship set. He's the living God. He's the the one true living, breathing God. Big G. You know, there's a lot of people that teach and preach and talk about what I call little G, little gods. But there's only one true God. His name is Jehovah God. His son, name is Jesus. And the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, is present in the earth, present in the hearts and in the lives of true believers, people that are really walking in fellowship with him. 
And you know, sometimes you can see the difference, you can feel the difference, you can hear the difference. When you get around certain types of people, you find out that not everybody is for God. Not everybody really loves God. And you know, Sean and I, when we started this about 15 months ago, maybe it's been 16 now, I'm not really sure, we're not really keeping track of it. We just wanted to have something on the internet, we wanted to have something that people could access, something that people could get involved in, where God was lifted up, where God was glorified, where his presence was one of the main focuses, one of the main, most important things that we set our affection on, that we took our time for. Now, whether that was in worship or whether that was in prayer, whether that was in teaching and declaring the words of God or or fellowshipping with people online, whatever it was, whatever form or fashion, whatever thing that looks like, you know, we don't know. We don't have a formula. We don't have this set agenda. Never, ever do I ever discuss with Sean what I'm going to talk about, teach about, pray about, sing about. Nothing like that. We never discuss if we're going to have somebody on the show, really. And he doesn't do that with me. We just kind of hang out with the Lord throughout the day. We connect with God's people as God works that out with us. And we just trust God to do whatever he's going to do on these shows. And we don't ever know what it's going to look like or what it's going to feel like or what it's going to sound like. The only thing we know is, God, get glory out of this. Father, Lord Jesus, your will be done. Your kingdom come. Lord, touch your people. Reveal yourself to to the people that are on the other end of the phone line or on the other end of the Internet line or that are in the chat room. And you know, we just want to see his kingdom come. We just want to see God's glory, God's spirit, his living, breathing presence touch people's lives. You know, he's more than just a history book to me. He's more than just a Sunday school lesson or some theological sermon, and don't get me wrong, I've I've been to Bible college, I've taught Sunday school, children's church, you know, preach from the pulpit on Sundays, not every Sunday, but some. We do Bible study, you know, we do all that stuff, but when it comes down to it, it's just a bunch of stuff, and unless he's present in the middle of it, unless his glory and his presence shows up, Unless we make a place where we can hear his voice and, and encounter him in a real and genuine way, it's all in vain. It's all just, you know, like Corinthians talks about love. It says that you can do all these religious things, but if you don't have love, it's like a clanging cymbal. It's like a gong. It's like just a bunch of noise. And there's all kinds of people in the world that are making all kinds of noise. But they're not experiencing God's presence. They're not experiencing God's love. 
And this goes for people in the church that call themselves Christians. This goes for those that are out of the church or out of, you know, the what I call the Christian bubble. Because a lot of people are in that bubble and they still have no clue what's going on. But there's men and women all over the earth that are truly seeking God. They're passionate about God. Some of you guys are in the chat room tonight. I know you're passionate. You're hungry. You're desperate for God. And you want to know Him. You want to know more of Him. You want to experience more of Him. If you didn't, you wouldn't spend a couple hours a night on the radio, sitting in the chat room, praying, going back and forth. God's looking for hearts. He's looking for a people. He's looking for a man or a woman or a group of people. He's looking for a family. He's looking for a church or, or a, a gathering, whatever whatever you fit into. But he's like, hey, I want a place where my presence can dwell. I want a place where my glory can dwell. See, the Bible says, God doesn't dwell in temples made of human hands. You know, we drive down the street and we could probably find, I know where I live, there's a church on every corner almost. Sometimes there's a church right next to another church, right on the opposite side of the parking lot or right across the street from one church, there'll be another church. And I'm like, man, you know, we can go down one street I live in, in the Dallas Metroplex in, in Dallas, Texas area In a little city right now Called Garland And I'll tell you what We can drive down the, the street That's just off the You know It's like a minute away from me If I drive from one end of that street Where it starts To the other end of that street Maybe for 20 minutes I can pass a hundred different churches And I don't Fellowship, I don't pastor at any of those churches. My church is like 25, 30 minutes away, 25 minutes in good traffic. But, you know, I wonder sometimes when I go past these places, how many of these places are really experiencing God's presence? How many of these places have people inside of them that really understand the voice of God? that really understand the love of God, that really understand the purpose of why Christ even came into the earth. Now, don't get me wrong. I know there's tons of them. I know there's tons of people that have experienced Jesus. But I also know there's a lot of people on the flip side of this who, because they think they go to a church, they think that they know God. I know there's people outside of churches that don't even go to churches that have more relationship with God than most of the people in the churches. Which is ir- irony. And that doesn't bother me. Some some what I call the religious crowd, the traditional crowd, get, get upset at that. Because they want you to be in church. You got to do your thing. But you know, God... This is the deal. You can honor God with your lips. You can sing songs all day long. And emotionally, it can even feel good. But 
if your heart is not after him, you can you can talk about God with your mouth, but then you can deny him with your lifestyle. You know, you can talk about God with your mouth and then not keep the vows that you make to the Lord. You can put on your church hat and go into the door and no one to say amen and hallelujah, but the, then you go into the workplace or the school place or the, you know, the grocery store and you pull off your Jesus hat and you put on a totally different hat. And we see that kind of stuff all the time. Jesus said, you honor me with your lips. But your hearts are far from me. And you know, at that time he was talking to the religious people of the times, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Zealots, these Jews that were staying in the temple all the time and meditating and memorizing scriptures and having these theological debates. Jesus would walk right into the middle of these guys and he'd be like, hey, God's not here. You know, I think a lot of times in our modern society, in today's society, it's the same way. We're going to break for a song just for a second, and I'll be right back. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They that wait on I'll renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk not
Sorry about that. This is Prayer International Radio. If you're just tuning in or you've been tuned in, I was uh, just talking a little bit about the Lord, you know, just sharing from my heart. I actually thought I hit a mute button, so I thought I was muted, so I went into a song. kind of threw me for a minute. Uh, you know, that's the deal. God just wants our affection. He wants our intimacy. Sometimes we use those terms and you know, in regard to relationships or you know, our spouse or fiance or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is, dating relationship. But you know, God really wants our attention. He wants our affection. He wants to be the thing or the one, I should say not he's not a thing. But he wants to be the one that has our attention that we're captivated by. And you know, there are people in the earth that have allowed God to come in and touch them in the deepest parts of their souls and their emotions and their will and their mind and their spirit in some cases even in their bodies. You know, God's looking for that. See, I think We've been taught by society to compartmentalize God. You know, church is for Sunday. Bible study on Wednesday. Make sure you have your Bible and your prayer time during the day. And so we limit our relationship. We limit what God wants to do with us. We we kind of compartmentalize them. Like I said, you know, we put on our Jesus hat and we go into the church door. We put on our Jesus hat or punch our time clock. A lot of people, for some people, it's like that. And they have their prayer time or their Bible reading time. 
and they think that that's when they have their time with God. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with having set times to pray. There's nothing wrong with going to church if that's what the Lord's leading you to do. I do believe we all need to assemble together, whether it's in a building or in a home or with our families in our own homes or online, you know, on a radio show or a chat room or a TV show, whatever the case is, we need to have assembly. We need to have fellowship. We need to have community and communion one with another. Because God, you know, actually in his word, he commands it. It's part of the plan. But first and foremost, we need to have that communion. We need to have that relationship. We need to have that time to develop and cultivate a heart-to-heart relationship with the Lord. You know, that's what he's seeking. He's seeking out. A lot of times we think it's it's us seeking him, and it should be. But we need to realize he is constantly pursuing He's constantly looking. He's constantly seeking us out. His desire is that all people would come near him, come to him. Come all you who are heavy laden. And I will give you rest, the Bible says, talking about the Lord. God says, come to me. Whosoever will, come to the fountain of living waters and drink. And your soul will delight itself. There's always a calling all the way from Genesis to the book of Revelation. There's always a wooing and a drawing and a calling. God is constantly pulling inviting and wants to have our time, have our attention, but not just compartmentalize. Look, everything that you get involved in, God wants to be in the middle of it. And the funny thing is, is he's already in the middle of everything, but he wants you to acknowledge him. He wants you to recognize that if you'll start to depend on him, if you'll start to include him, if you'll start to seek out what he desires, it so would change the course of your life. It so would change the outcome and the circumstances and the situations and the different things that you're faced with on a day-to-day basis if you would just begin to acknowledge him, get his opinion on some things. Get his leading and his drawing on some things. And I know, I actually, I had all this, all these chapters I wanted to go through tonight. And, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll pray before the night's over. But like I said, we we never know where this is going to go. We never know how these shows are going to roll. We just kind of go with the flow. God is calling each and every one of us to himself. Now that calling 
may include people, places, and things. And people, places, and things in our life may be part of the plan, may be the very thing that God uses to set us up or set us into the things of God. Now realize that the enemy, the devil, you have plans for you. The family and friends and the people around you, they all have plans for you. But more so than any of that, God has a plan for you. He really does. And sometimes we can get such tunnel vision when it comes to whatever we're involved in. That we forget to look up. We forget to look to God. We forget to ask God's opinion of a certain situation or of a certain person in our life or a situation or circumstance in our life. Well, God, what do you think about this? Well, God, wh- where are you leading me? God, what do you want me to do? Instead, a lot of times, we just want God to bless our things. And we pass people every day that we had to have opportunity. They may be brothers or sisters in the Lord and just waiting for fellowship, they may be brothers and sisters in the Lord and may be the next uh, source of blessing into your life. But you'd never know it because you'd pass right by them and you don't acknowledge what God's saying about that person or what God's desire or plan or purpose with that person in your life is. On the flip side, there's a lot of people that do not know the Lord And you may be the only person, if you are a Christian, you may be the only person that will ever have opportunity to share the living God with them. Let them know about this relationship. Let them know about what a blessing it is to know God, to know Jesus, to experience and encounter and embrace the Holy Spirit on a day-to-day basis. People need to know. Some people don't even know that God can speak. They've never heard his voice. They've never felt his drawing. They've never understood his word, the scriptures. They've never acknowledged the blessings. They've never prayed and asked, God, your will be done. Your kingdom come in my life or in so-and-so's life. So many times, there's people around us that we pass by every day that are clueless. They have no understanding whatsoever or capacity to receive or to contain spiritual things. And a lot of times God wants to use us, not just the pastor, not just the teacher, not just the the heavy-duty prayer warrior. Every one of us, every one of us has a calling. Every one of us has giftings. Every one of us has talents. We all have something to give, even if you don't know them yet. And you're not even sure what these things are. You've never discovered the living God or 
never acknowledged the living God or encountered his presence or heard his voice. Listen, God, in Jeremiah 29:11 says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. I know the plans I have for you. Depends on which version you're reading. But God's got thoughts. God's got plans. God's got ideas for you and for me. Regardless of if you've ever stepped foot in the church or not, regardless of whether you've ever experienced him or not, God still has plans for you, and he's calling. We need to get back to an understanding of everywhere I go, every move I make, Every breath I take, it needs to be censured and saturated and acknowledged as God's will be done. God's kingdom come. We need to allow God to be God in our lives, in the middle of our day, in the middle of our week, wherever, in in our marketplace or school or workplace or at the grocery store whatever we're doing we need to get to a place where we don't mind if God wants to interrupt our day we don't mind if God wants to shift the gears a little bit and send us in a different direction see we're so prone to having it all figured out a lot of times and we come up with this bulletproof plan and we don't even run it by God yet to see if it's really bulletproof. We just think it is. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the to a man, but the end of it's death. And Jesus said, "Look, I'm the way, the truth, and the life." See, there's always a conflict. There's always a war going on. The spiritual man and the carnal man. The The things above, which are eternal, and the things below, which are temporal. One's always competing with the other. And everything in your life is going to try to bide for your time and your attention, but truthfully, Jesus, he paid for it. Jesus paid for the right and the privilege to have your attention and to have your time, to have your affection. To have a relationship with you. Or to have a relationship with me. God. God is looking. The question is, is God going to find what he's looking for? Is God going to find what he's looking for in you? In your family? In your household? Is God going to find what he's looking for in your workplace? In your church? In your school? He's looking for you. He's pursuing you. He's pursuing me. 
He's looking for a people. So unashamedly present themselves at his feet. But he wants you to present your heart. He wants you to present your whatever you got, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Whatever you got, give it to God. He'll multiply it back to you. You're not going to miss out on anything. Sure, there's worldly pleasures. There's carnal things out there that can appease and appeal us for the moment. But everything comes with a price, ultimately. God's good. Try it. We're going to break for a song just for a moment. I'll be right back.
Guys, I had the mute button on. We're back, taking some time to worship the Lord and just lift up His name, lift up His presence. You know, it's like I was saying, God's pursuing us every bit, if not more, than us pursuing Him. And you know, in your life, you may know when to say hallelujah or when to say amen. You know, you, you may have it all figured out when it comes to church or Bible study or whatever. But are you allowing God to get involved in every situation, every circumstance, every aspect of your life? You know, a lot of times we reserve certain places, certain things, certain groups of people for those times when we get with God. But you know, God wants to be involved in everything. God wants to be involved with every person. He wants to be the influence. He wants to be the one. You know, when you're passing that person on the street or in the store, ask the Lord. When you're around your Christian brothers or sisters, ask the Lord what he wants to do in the middle of that situation. When you're around those that may not know him, 
ask the Lord what opportunity you can have in the middle of the situation. I don't mean just to be religious, just to throw some gospel tracts in their faces or give them some religious line, but really ask the Lord what that person needs or what you need to be doing at the moment. Or even better, start asking God what you need to do with your time. Instead of asking God to bless what you do or what you want, why don't you just ask God what he wants? And when you start to do what he wants, you already know it's going to be blessed. I know in my own life, I'm going to do these things. Instead of asking God to bless my plan, I need to ask God to bless his plan and and get involved in his plan. Instead of giving my opinion of what people are or, or what I think about people or what I think about the situation that I'm in at the time, I need to ask God to give me his thoughts, help me to understand his ways. You know, Habakkuk 2 two and 3 says, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come and will not tarry. Look, whatever God is going to do in your life, He's going to give you a plan. He's going to give you a vision of it. He's going to give you a desire. He's going to give you a thought if you're seeking it out, if you're seeking him out. And when he does, he wants you to make that plain. He he wants to make things plain to you so that you can make it plain around you. He wants to make it clear that you have clarity in your life. The Bible says the word of the Lord is clear, giving insight to life. Anytime you get a vision or a plan or an idea from God, it comes with clarity. My brother Alec, goes by David, my wife and I were at his apartment about a week ago, and he was sharing with us, hey, the clearest thought you're ever going to have is that Jesus loves you. It's the clearest thought that you're ever going to have, period. It sounds so simple. It sounds religious even. It sounds kind of cliche. But when you really experience his love, when you really experience his mercy and his grace, when you really begin to experience his presence and know that he sets his affections on you, and in your heart that's what you want is his affections, his purposes, his plans, his presence. And it's not being a legalist. It's not about being religious. It's it's about truly having a heart that wants God like that. That's the difference. There's a lot of people that just do it because they think that that's what people want them to do. They act a certain way because they think they're going to get a pat on the back or get approval from people. And, you know, that may happen. But how about doing something so that God will pat you on the back? How about doing something because you know it wins the approval of your Heavenly Father? How about doing something because you know it pleases God? Who cares what anybody else thinks? How about doing it when no one is looking? 
when you're in your secret place, when you're in your time alone, when no one can see you except for God, how about living a life that's worthy unto God even in those times, even if it never comes with acknowledgement, knowing that the only one that's going to acknowledge you is the Lord. Why? Because you love him? Because you want him to be pleased? You don't want to hurt him? You don't want to grieve him? You don't want to blaspheme him? Why? Because you have a true desire to know the Lord. See, that's the difference between religion and relationship. Religion does it to be seen of man. Religion, you can honor God with your lips and your heart be completely away from him. But relationship says, God, I may not know when to say hallelujah or when to say amen. I may sing off key. I may not even know all the words to the song, but I love you. Lord, it doesn't matter if no one comes with me, if everybody hates me, if no one wants to stand on this situation, but I know, Lord, that you want this, so I'm going to do it, Lord. That's relationship. And there's a big difference between getting God's approval and doing things so that you'll have God's seal of approval stamped on it and doing things so that you have man's seal of approval stamped on it. And we've got to be discerning. We've got to know the difference. God's looking for hearts. God's looking for men and women that will seek his face. He's looking for a generation He's looking for a group of people. He's looking for a household. He's looking for an individual. All of the above. He wants people that are about his business. He wants people that are all about him. And it's not legalism. He says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. We we look at that. We look at people that, that want to live holy and a lot of times we say, oh, they're just being legalistic. They're just being religious. But if it's coming from the heart, if it's coming from a passion inside, if it's coming from a desire on the inside to want to be as close to God as you could possibly be, then it's not legalism, it's love. When you're doing it because you really want to get in His presence, when you'll actually stand and or kneel or sit or whatever you do when you do it, and you'll sing songs, not because it's entertaining, but because you really want to get in his presence. Because you really want to feel that touch of God. You want to feel that touch of heaven. You want to taste and see that the Lord is good. It, there, there's a difference between singing for entertainment and singing for performance and singing because that's just what we do in church or what we do on a radio show or whatever versus, man, I'll do this if I'm the only one in the room singing off key. It doesn't matter because I just want God. I just want so much of God. And the reason I'm sharing this tonight, I'm trying to get you to a place. And like I said, I had scriptures picked out. I had a Bible study, blah, 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 whatever. But you know, none of it matters 
None of it matters if you're not having an encounter with the living God. None of it matters if you're not experiencing his love and his glory, his goodness. None of of this stuff matters if you don't have a deep relationship with God. I mean, if if Sunday and Wednesday or or Monday through Friday from 10 to midnight, your only time with God, hey, it's time to wake up. Because we take God with us everywhere we go. If we're Christians, he's living in us. And everywhere the soles of our feet tread, God's going there. And he wants us to begin to acknowledge him, that he's in the midst of us. That he's doing his best to bless us. Praise God. So where's your heart? Where's my heart? Is it on him? Is it after him? You can honor him with your lips, but is your heart for him or is it far from him? That's what he wants to know. That's what he's saying. I believe that's what he's saying tonight. He wants us to draw near to him. Let's let's go to Psalm 51. So if you're looking in your Bibles, middle of your Bible, Old Testament, it's after Psalm 50. Right before 52. So, you know, this was just a little something. I'm just going to share just a little something. This wasn't even the scripture I wanted to get into. I know we've got like five minutes. But it says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. See, David had this understanding of God. He said, look, God, you're the one that I've sinned against. You're the one that I've hurt. You're the one that just have mercy on me, Lord, according to your love and kindness. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin." Look, he didn't want anything to separate him from God. He didn't want anything to get between him and his God. You know, he continues, he says, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward part, and in the hidden part you shall make me to know wisdom. See, God wants us to walk in truth. Bible says the Father seeketh such to worship him, and those that worship him must worship him how? In spirit and in truth. It's got to be from the heart. It's got to be spirit. It's got to be spirit to spirit, heart to heart. And it's got to be from a point of reference in truth, a genuineness, a transparency. 
purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Listen, we've got the blood of Jesus to cover us. We've got the blood of Jesus to wash us of our sin. He says this, verse 8, Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. He wanted, he wanted a right spirit. He wanted all those walls, all those things that were getting between him and God broken down. He says, create me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. A right attitude. Lord, give me a cleansed heart. Give me the right attitude. Give me a right spirit. See, atonement, the blood of Jesus was our atonement. What does that mean? At one minute. It's making us one. It's restoring us back to God again. Getting us in line. Getting us in agreement with God again. Verse 11. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. See, David had the right attitude about it. He, No matter what, he did not want the Holy Spirit to depart from him. No matter what, he did not want to be absent from the presence of the living God. We need to be like that. Verse 12, restore to me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with your free spirit. Free spirit means a generous spirit. Willing, generous. See, we need to let God uphold us. We need to let God restore the joy of our salvation back in those times, in those places, in those areas where we've departed from God. We need to have God renew it, restore it, redeem it, and reconcile us back to God. Then will I teach transgressors your ways, sinners be converted. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire a sacrifice, or I would give it. You don't desire in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God. You will not despise. Your good and your good pleasure are build thou the walls of Jerusalem then shall thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness what is he saying look it doesn't matter how much you worship how much you praise how much you do all this stuff you got to have an open spirit a right spirit before God so this is Pray International Radio we'll be back again tomorrow night we're praying for everybody God bless you tonight, in Jesus' name. Amen. David, wait on the Lord. They shall renew their strength. And they shall mount up with wings. As he goes, 
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.